What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the New England Lean Podcast. I am Paul Critchley, president of New England Lean Consulting, and I'll be your host. I'm so excited to welcome Lauren Heisey to the show this week. Lauren and I have known each other for years virtually, uh, but we never get really get a chance to sit down and chat. So that's why I was so excited to have her on the show. And we sort of pulled double duty. Now, if you don't know Lauren or you don't follow her on social media, then you wouldn't know that she launched uh, this, this sort of program called 100 Lunches with Lauren. And I was lucky enough to be, I think, lunch 88 or 89, um, which turned into this podcast, as a matter of fact. But, you know, one of the things I've talked about on the show before with different guests is, you know, the ups and downs of social media. On the one hand, it's a fantastic avenue to share insight, thoughts. On the other side, and we've all seen it, sometimes it devolves into, I guess what I'll call it is a non-value-added discussion. Um, And I really applaud Lauren for coming up with a method to use social media to reach out to people, but then making a personal connection by just hopping on a Zoom call and really just talking with people, getting to know them. I think that's still the best, you know, avenue method that we have in order to, you know, seek first to understand and then to be understood, which I I know is a cubby thing, but I think that's a big part of respect for people. So as always, with this episode, I hope you like it. I hope you get something from it. Now, before I sign off, this is the week of the GBMP conference in Springfield, Massachusetts. If you didn't see my video uh, from the Northeast DeLorean Owners Group, uh, please check that out. It'll be pinned on all of my and our uh, social media profiles. We're going to be there live podcast recording. So, Stay tuned. And like I said uh, in the video, if you don't subscribe to us on our social media accounts, please do. We're going to go live on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, so it should be a rocking good time. I'm so excited for it. And, you know, get back in person and see folks. So pumped for that too this week. Hope to see you there. If you are there, please, please stop by the booth and say hi. I might even uh, get you to come on the show. All right, everybody. Thanks. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Welcome to the New England Lean Podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, we are joined today by Lauren Heisey. Is it Heisey? Heisey. I forgot to ask. It's Heisey. 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 I thought it was, but I'm like, don't. <laughs> so I open my mouth and I'm like, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because like we have, I don't know. 130 mutual connections and like I know a bunch of people that know you and same and say but you and I've never chatted before which is weird right yeah it is very weird you know what and this morning I just had a conversation with someone um that I just met through zoom and we've been talking back and forth for a couple years and we're you know and we had the same probably the same connections and yeah it's interesting it is funny. It's like even now, and I mean, we're most of the way through 2021, and they're still, right? We still, yeah. you know, have people that, uh, you know, we interact with just only solely on social media, which, like you and I were chatting just before we hopped on about TikTok and all that fun stuff, which is a new platform for me. I just jumped on recently. Um, and by, like I mentioned, it's uh, basically because of my 16 year old and my 13 year old daughters, they're both on it. 
Um, and we keep tight controls on it. So, uh, but uh, it's I, for the longest time, I'm like, this is so silly. But now I'm like addicted to it. I've lost so many hours <laughs> down these rabbit holes of, you know, but I, it, to be honest, I've learned a lot of stuff too. There's some, you know, there's some really good content creators out there that, you know, uh, are churning out some good stuff. Good, good. And that's what it's all about, right? It's all about learning. Pretty much. I mean, there's yeah. legit, there's a lot of garbage on there too, but I try to, you know, thankfully the algorithms, you know, I get, it's a double-edged sword, right? The algorithms are yeah. treating me well because they're bringing me more of the content that I really like, but at the same time, that's a little scary. It's yeah, like, it is. all I'm it doing is. is sit and watch this stuff on my phone yet. You're gathering all this information about me. It's a little big brother-ish. Yeah. Just like when you go to a restaurant, I think this just happens to be uh, the uh, this past weekend, went to a restaurant and then all of a sudden uh, Facebook noticed that I was, I was like, how did Facebook know I was even there? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly. Like we just got back from vacation. We went to New Hampshire for a week and now all of a sudden, all of my ads, you know, that pop, you know, on my computer and on my phone are all like, you know, check out this space in Portsmouth or come to the, you know, Storyland, which is in New right. Hampshire. So it's like, whoa. But. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I always say the algorithms and like AI and all that stuff do make our lives easier. But at the same time, it is very scary because you're like, uh, yeah, there's just, <laughs> def- yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, sorry. I was going to say it's definitely when I, I'm thinking retirement, it's like, you know, that cabin out in the woods or in a stream yeah. somewhere is looking real good. It is. It is. Yeah. It is being, uh, being disconnected. That's always a big thing. <laughs> Right. So, Laura, we run in the same social circles, obviously. Right. Um, But for those who maybe don't know you or haven't come across you, um, can you just hum a few bars about what you do? Because anybody listening to this podcast, you know, isn't a lean and leadership. So they might have heard of you, but maybe not. Yeah, so I um, I have my own consulting firm, Lauren Heisey Consulting. Um, I help uh, businesses become, um, my little tag is simpler, faster and better. So helping them understanding what they look like today with their current state, helping them uncover the problems through problem solving and then developing the solutions for them to get to, to get from, to get to tomorrow, right? So get to that next level. And um, sometimes I just assess what they look like today, then also help them get uh, plan out for their future with strategy. But then some, and then you see that's where the engagement ends. Then sometimes I'll go in, they want me to stay on and help them implement new some change management and then also some coaching and training as well. Gotcha. Okay. And it's surround, is it, no, it's not lean necessarily, right? No, it's not just lean. It's, yeah, that's why I used to, uh, I like to use continuous improvement because I like to take the toolbox approach and using the right tools at the right time. And that can also include using any type of AI. Now, I don't necessarily implement it myself. I'm just really good at helping businesses understand where they can possibly use it. And then also making sure that their processes and data are as 100% perfect, I guess, or not almost as perfect as they can get before you implementing any type of automation. And then you layer on the technology on top of that. Gotcha. So I, would okay. say, I would say start with the simplest things first. And then advance as you grow and as you get better. 
Nice. And I, I love that. We, we, you don't have a good tag. Our tagline's uh, your partner in a practical lean approach. Cause it's very similar. And that's why I've seen right. your, obviously I've seen your content, you know, that you share on LinkedIn and, yeah. and I, it, it's right up my alley, which is why I kind of reached out to see if you'd be interested. And technically, I guess we're doing a, a lunch with Lauren right now too, which I right. wanted to yes. chat with you a little bit about. Um, but, but I like that whole process of, you know, it's sort of keeping it simple. And I've talked about it on the show before I blogged about it. I went on a little rant on LinkedIn last year during COVID because I was getting a little cagey, but it really, it bugs me. And I, I, you know, maybe it's just me, but you know, jump in. It bugs me when, when folks get wrapped around the axle as far as, well, you know, there's real lean and fake lean. And if you don't do it the way, yeah. you know, Ono or Nakao or, or Ito or whomever, right? Pick them. If you don't do it that way, then you're not doing it right. And it's like, to me, I'm like, and to your point about lean versus continuous improvement. Like I've heard Jim Womack speak before. I met him a few times. And I, even he said like years ago, he's like, you know, I wish we'd never said lean in the first place. I wish we'd just said continuous improvement because yeah. You know, you say lean and people think shrink, trim, you know, and pretty quickly it means less people and I'm going to get fired and blah, 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 all that kind of bad stuff. So it has that whole connotation to it. So, I mean, it's a, it's an onion, I guess, which you could unwrap. But the thing, like I said, that irks me is when people spout off about where you're not doing it right. And it turned, I don't know if everybody understands that again, even though we're most of the way through 2021, there are still people out there that that don't know this stuff. They haven't been exposed to it. They're just learning it. And I've literally had clients who, you know, went from potential clients to probably not to now being clients say to me, we almost didn't do this because when I look online and I search and I do, you know, I search hashtag lean and I found all this stuff and it's just, you know, there's so much content out there that it gets overwhelming and they read stuff like that. And if you don't, it doesn't look like, you know, this and, and, you know, people share pictures of perfection, you know, like here's a five S board or here's, you know, right. and it's perfectly clean and well lit and the whole deal, it turns people off. So to me, I like what you said about just, let's just pick something, just pick something small, start there and just, you're right. And kind of ease into it. It is. Yeah. I, I think I find that so much, especially when I'm talking, like I said, potential clients all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't need Six Sigma. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about Six Sigma. I'm talking about helping you get, um, helping you just make your business better. Right. So that's why, that's why I changed my, my tagline to be simple, faster, better, because yeah, let's start with something simple first. And I usually potential clients, I'm like, just start somewhere small and see how, and see if it works well see their engagement and see how we kind of mesh and partner well with, e- with each other. And then let's get faster and better. And yeah, it's always about um, starting with the simplest things first, because that was the other thing that irks me with um, people with AI. Automation has been around for years. It hasn't, it's not anything new. Um, my, actually my husband's been doing automation for uh probably 20 some of the better years <laughs> that we've been together in some shape or form. But it's interesting because now it's all sense like you new flashy tools and we got it, we have to implement AI and we have to do data science. Like, no, let's start fixing your processes first, getting your people on board, and then let's entertain that idea. 
yeah, it's always starting the simplest things first before moving to something more advanced. I uh, there I had an old plant manager that I stole this quote from, and I don't know where he got it if he made it up or not, but he always said, "Don't let best get in the way of better." Wow, that's awesome! I love that. I use that in our workshops all the time because it's pretty insightful. And yeah. I, cause I, you're right. I, I'll go into places and they're like, well, you know, we're getting a new MRP or a new ERP system. And when that happens, then all this stuff would be better. And I'm like, will it though? Are you sure? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it looks, it's shiny, it's sexy, you know, and it's a lot of money, but then again, it's like, go talk to the folks you have on the shop floor and just kind of maybe see what they think. And yeah, right? I had a, yeah, I had a client, uh, a client, one, one of my first few clients um, that spent all this money on these great new technology, right? All these new fancy vet, uh, tools. No one was using it. And they're like, I don't understand. I said, well, did you build a new process or improve your processes to accommodate this new tool? No, we just put it into place. Oh, and by the way, they can still use the old process. Well, there you go. <laughs> they're, yeah. used to, they're comfortable with that. They don't want to change. And said, oh, by the way, did you even ask them if they, if what the problem, why they weren't using it? No, that's why we brought you in. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yes, I had to say we had a client that uh, they had uh, like a rework process, which, uh, you know, obviously is bad. I know it, it, half the people listening cringed a little when I use that word. Right. Um, but so the end, same deal. Um, they had band-aid processes. And the funny thing was they had a band-aid process that wasn't working. And instead of talking to anybody, they put another process in that was oh, wow. 80% the same as the previous one. There was all kinds of confusion. So some people were using the first one, some the second, some neither, because they're like, this right. is dumb. I'm not doing, you know, and it was just a horrid mess. Gosh, and, wow. you know, and same deal. We got, I'm like, why would you do this? Like, well, that's what you're here for. Like, well, all right, then I guess right, let's then. try to figure this out, but it is always amazing. You know, it's, and I get it, you know, and I used to make the same mistake. Um, you know, people, I always say people are so busy doing their job. They don't have time to do their job. Right. You're just trying to get exactly. to five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. well, which, yeah. And I just read an article today to you about, yeah, automation does have, I mean, automation technology, AI, it all has its place because um, if you use it properly, majority of the time you're going to save a lot in your operating costs and then also gives people back but really at the end of the day it's not about it replacing people even especially today with our employee shortage we all have everyone's seeing it's about making your current job easier so you can leave it i was saying so you can leave it at five each day instead of having to work over time so it's if i like to spin it with the change management piece when i work with clients okay when and start talking to your employees. Oh, no, we're not replacing your job. We just want to make your job a lot easier so you can do what you really need to do instead of doing all these mundane tasks. We, yes, when you coined it that way, it makes it so much better. But we have to make the process better and get you engaged first before any type of tool implementation is done, is the way I look at it. Yep. Agreed. hundred percent. And I, you know, it seems so obvious, I guess, right. When you say yeah. it out loud and, you know, we'll explain it to clients and they're like, yeah, it sounds, that sounds good. And it's just, you know, sometimes it's interesting to me. It's like, geez, you know, I mean, and I'm very thankful for it. We built a whole business on it. Uh, but right. it's always interesting to be like, uh, the epiphany that sometimes happens with folks as right. we're talking, they think, well, wait a second. You mean I can, you're telling me I can change this. 
Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, people just, their heads explode a little bit because they're like, well, nobody ever told me that before. Even though it's like, sometimes it's, it's just, you know, misunderstood assumption maybe, or, you know, because we still battle, right. The old command and control style, which is, I need a manager to tell me what to do. I need a manager to tell me, you know, what, you know, when I can do things. And, and, you know, a lot of our clients are manufacturing, so they still use bells and stuff, you know, ding, it's nine o'clock, it's break time. Oh, wow. So it's, there's, you know, there's still kind of that. So sometimes we, we bump into that a little bit too. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. So yeah, I've seen this, I work more with, I've done more services or even with the front office and back office. And it's not always, uh, the breaks aren't always as clear. So yeah, that's a, it's different. It's different. And then of course, I, the other thing I, I find too is that, um, especially when you launch a product, um, people don't ever plan for the future and don't, and don't plan, um, expect the growth to happen as fast as it does. Um, it always gets them a lot faster than they realize. But then the other thing you find out is most of the time people aren't even in the right place doing the right job. So like you gotta move processes and position, not the same positions that you move around, but you have sales folks doing operational work, operational folks doing sales work. I'm like, no, that's, that's not what you're here for. Right. <laughs> Underutilize, that's a waste, right? Under, under, underutilizing talent, I like to call it. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Laura, I wanted to ask you too, um, so you have a, I don't know, series program, Lauren's 100 lunches. Yes. How, like, so, where did that come from? How did you come up with that? So this came from, so this came from, uh, a connect, a connection that I made last year, um, with someone and they're part of women in lean and, um, she start embarked on this journey of a hun- meeting a hundred lunches with, with strangers. And so the whole move, it actually started with a, a young lady named Kelly Chu out of Australia. And what happened what, there was that she realized like she was from, um, I forget what Asian country she, she was from, but she went to school in Australia and she did this whole TED talk on it. Like she realized her whole network was people like within her little network, right? Her own little community. And she was realizing she needed to expand her network. And so after I was, so the this person I spoke with, her name is uh, Lily. Um, she's over in the UK and I'm like, and it just dawned on me, there's no, w- during the pandemic, right? All networking events stopped. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to meet people to grow my business? So that's where the social media was started. And I'm like, you know what? I can meet people on Zoom. There's no reason why. And so that's where I embarked on, I'm going to do Lauren's hundred lunches. And my the whole thing was just having conversations with a hundred different people to expand my network, but to also learn from those people. Um, so I've had, um, all my lunches have been great. I've met so many different people from different industries, different parts of the world. I've learned, I want to say one of the biggest things out of that is I was, I'm learning. I, I never thought how much learning that you get from just talking with someone. So that's how it all started really. Nice. And yeah. now what number are you up to? I think I'm going to hit me think, I think I'm going to hit. So I think I just put I'm about to hit 90. Okay. So I have 10 more to a hundred. Um, 
and I hopefully I'll get the, I'll get that in the next couple of months. It just, you know, things are starting to, I've gotten a little busy, so it's a little bit harder. Um, I've, I've only met a few people in person, um, here in the Atlanta area, but then, um, some people rather just meet over zoom because it, it is really easy to meet over zoom right. instead of trying to drive somewhere. But, um, yeah, I, hope, I think after 100, I'm going to continue with it because it's a great, uh, it's a great avenue to meet people, and there's no, um, there, there's nothing behind it. There's no selling. There's no, oh yeah, you're going to be a potential client. No, I just really want to meet you and learn more about you. And if something comes of it, it does. If not, we ha- I have a connection and a friendship through it. Nice. And that's, I, I give you a lot of credit because I've never seen anybody do anything like that before. And, um, you know, we kind of, we were, uh, we kind of started, you know, talking about the social media stuff and I feel, you know, and like anything else, it has a lot of advantages like AI and automation, but there's some disadvantages too. You know, there's stuff gets lost in translation. Um, you know, I, I am ashamed to admit that I've gotten in my fair share of Twitter arguments, you know, (laughs) over stupid things with, with people I'm never going to meet ever, you know, um, so there's that piece of it too. And I just wonder sometimes, are we losing, you know, like in lean, we talk respect for people, right? We right. talk Gemba and Gemba walks. It's like, you gotta go where the work happens, meet people where they are. And yeah. I think with your hundred lunches, you, you're much better to do that versus, you know, putting a post up on LinkedIn having comments, replying to the comments, you know, and I can't, I mean, I don't know if it's a social media thing or it's our society or what, but there's just so much contrarianism, if that's a word. Yeah. And it's just why I just, you know, where I think we're much better off having like you and I, right now we can see each other. We're having a conversation and you can say, I, I hear what you're saying, Paul, but I don't, did you ever think of it this way? You know, and even after we're done here, you know, you and I now have a relationship that we've exactly. chatted, you know, it's like, now I know you're married, you know, I'm married, I have kids. It's like, I'm, we're more of a real person. And I wonder if I, I feel like there's a parallel there with lean, right. Versus us, them management, ivory tower, shop floor, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there is, there is a big, so when people hide behind, I would say people hide behind social media and maybe when they are hiding, it's a little bit easier to do that. But I think the real connection is when, even if we are not in the same room, the video gives us that chance to have that real connection and get to know people on a more, on a more personal level versus, you know, you know, being on in social media or behind emails, like, right. For example, when I worked, when I worked at Nielsen, we did, um, we were, Nielsen was really big. At least my team was on meeting virtually so a lot of people I may never met in person but you know what I got to know them very very well and by getting to know them very very well then you develop those relationships and that's the same when you talk about gamma walks a lot of times I've seen some people come say um early in the pandemic oh we can't consult we can't do gamma walks you know what I would say no that's not true because I can tell you when I worked at at and and at Nielsen we um this is even before at at and before video became a big thing. We had to do a lot of conference calls, and we didn't. You were, had um, constraints with you know travel and people being in different parts of the world, and it was too expensive for everybody. And always for a cousin event, did all did a lot of that virtually. And yeah, it's a little. It might be a little hard, might take a little bit longer, but you could still have that 
connection and meet people and go to Gimba and see what they do or just listen. It's not always, especially in the service service when it's service oriented and people are just on the computers, there's no reason why you have to go sit with them at the computer all day. You could spend a couple hours on the phone with them, like, or a video and learn so much. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, have you, so during COVID now you've been, how long have you been uh, consulting out on your own? Uh, Two and a half years. Okay. So you started before COVID showed up. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, So I got to believe like every, all of us, you had to pivot a little bit. Yeah. And that, when that all happened, but uh, have you ever encountered whether pre COVID or during um, an example that you could share where, you know, you encourage somebody to do just that, like go to the Gemba, learn something. And did they have an aha moment um, that, you know, you'd be like, yeah, exactly. That's why we do these kinds of things. And it might've, you know, whether it was in person or, or virtual. Yeah. So um, so yeah, with my clients, I have a lot of them get aha moments because, um, usually, uh, especially I had one that was a smaller, like a smaller accounting firm and they, I said, well, they were all remote. So this is pre-pandemic. And we, so we did everything obviously through zoom. And so I had, right when we started, I had two of the leaders of the, you know, two of the leaders. So you had the owners and then they had two leaders. Um, send me all these process documentations. And I said, nah, I'm not going to get the process documentations just yet. I just want to go to Gimba. I want to learn. I'll see what these people do. And some of the all have moments is that they didn't realize that some of the, their workers, they, who they thought was more efficient, actually weren't efficient. They were just really good at covering it up. And then the more efficient people, yeah, they, they were efficient. So they were able to get done things done a lot faster. And that's where part of going to Gimba, but it's also getting the trust because it's funny. I, you know, I'd go back and I would, you know, meet with them on a bi-weekly basis to kind of give them updates. And I wouldn't, I, a lot of times I'm not giving names. They just know who I was. They just happen to know who I'm speaking to because they have my schedule. And so they're like, oh, well, oh, and then they would put two and two together. And they and finally, even when I'm speaking with the people that were doing the work, so do your leaders know anything about this? Do they know what you do? Do you know how you feel? Nope. All right. I'm going to encourage you to go have this conversation. You know what they started? It's just opening the doors and opening the doors of communication. Sometimes that's, I think, the biggest aha moment is people understanding that you need to be open and communicate, mean transparent. And it's amazing how when you do that and bring people together. And then when you bring them in to do the workshops, right, the Kazan style workshops, the other biggest thing I, I tell people, I don't care if it's in person or virtual, check your tiles at the door and let's just have the conversations and like, let's let the, let it all just flow and see where it goes. And that opens somewhat. I think that's the biggest part is the communication that comes out of that. And those are the aha moments usually. Yeah. Nice. And, and for my, you know, bang for the buck wise, that's always the, uh, for me, that's the best because like you yeah. said, it's, it's once you have that connection, then those harder conversations get a little bit easier because yeah. now you've right. You can say like, I don't like that, or exactly. I don't, I don't agree. Like I think this, or I think that versus, you know, if, if you and I, you know, if you're my boss and I never see you and you know, the only times I do is when there's something wrong, right. The whole deal. It's like, you know, and I see you coming, it's like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or, you know, the red, yellow, green. I mean, 
I've used those. We've called them all kinds of different things, meatball charts. I mean, you name it. Right. And inherently it's all, it was always a funny to me because if it was green, you know, like we'd have our goal. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have five, right. Right. I'd have four green and one yellow. They wouldn't even ask my bosses, not a word about the four green ones. Why is that yellow? Right. What's going on? What do you, you know? And, and maybe they asked me, what do you need help with? What can I do? A lot of times it wasn't a lot of times it's, well, you got to do better. Well, right. no kidding. Like, like really, I don't need you to tell me that like we're struggling with this. My team is that, or, you know, we don't have enough people or we're overworked or, you know, there's an issue. I need help as a manager, right? Your job is to remove, remove roadblocks so I can do my job. And exactly. you're not, you're not giving me that. Like there's a story I've told here before where every Thursday I'd have to go into this one VP's office at this one place I worked and I was the project manager and, and so it would be me and a couple other project managers from other teams. And every Thursday it was the same thing over and over. It was just, he'd rip into us like you read about. <laughs> and it was horrible. And it was never, and, and I only lasted there 45 weeks and I quit. Okay. Wow. Which is, yeah, it just goes to show you how bad it was uh, in my opinion. And uh, I never forget, like my last day was a Friday. I gave me two weeks and I walked in Thursday you know, and, and the guy looks at me, he's like, Oh, I hear you're leaving us. And I said, yeah. And he looked, Lord, he looked at, he's like, why? He looks at me and he's like, but why? Wow. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, why do you think? And it was right. only he and I in the, uh, in the, you know, in the, at that point in his office. And I'm like, Tom, his name's Tom. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, I've come in here every week for like the last, whatever, six, seven months. Every week, it's the same thing. I'm like, you yell and you scream and you pound your fist literally on the table and tell me and all these other guys, you know, folks, like how stupid we are and everything else. I'm like, never, do you realize never once have you asked us, what help can I give you? Right. And he just looked at me like, and it was this, you know, I, I think shades of, you know, I can't believe you're saying this to me. And who the heck are you to talk to me like this? Cause I'm a VP and you're a nothing. And I'm just like, you know, I, I like, I, you're not in my head. I'm like, you're not going to hear this. So right. what difference is right. I'm just at this place. I mean, there's lots of people that work there. I'm just, I'll, you know, some other person's going to replace me and you're just going to keep chugging along. You know, you're not right. really interested in stuff like you and I have been talking about where it's like, Hey, let's develop a relationship and you can feel comfortable coming to me if you need help or whatever else. And it's like, you know, yeah, I can't tell you how many times when I'm, over the years. I mean, I've been practicing CI for 13 plus years, and yeah, they usually the biggest aha moment that most people don't get um, at first. If they're, they're thought, oh, that person has to do this, that person has to do that, and so no, it's it's a team collaboration. Like for example, a client I had earlier this year had problems with call center issue, like call center, right? They were having unpredictable spikes. And it comes down to it, it really wasn't the call center's fault. It was just the product of the of the uh, as a product of a symptom of the product growing too fast. That's what I'm going to say. And so, you know, they were paying all these penalties out, and um, and I'm like, well, we need to look. And then I put up volumes that we need to look at the product moment, and it's not just the call. What you can change in the call center? What's because that that product was like the third high, like it was the one that was producing the third highest calls, right? So you had different things, but the 
but they already knew how to staff for the other type of products. They didn't know how to staff for this third product. And so I, my first, one of the first questions I asked was, how's the call center folks doing? Well, I don't know. <laughs> so like, well, let's get them on the phone and let's understand how their folks are feeling and what, why they feel that way. And you come to find out, yeah, you're right. People just weren't talking. You know what? They didn't realize that they were keeping really good metrics on the call center side. Even they had to like, it was really, it was hot podge together and they, they did a really good job of trying to keep up so they could staff right. And I said, well, you know what? If you all just talk together, we can figure this out. And you know what? Six weeks later, they had a plan to be forward. <laughs> there you go, right? But yeah, it was just all about gimbal wax. It, it was, there was no fancy smancy tools really at, at all. I mean, I did use um, Pareto charts to look at some of the stuff, um, but it really just came down to gimbal wax, process mapping, value stream mapping, and then using one of my favorite ones, Fishman diagram. <laughs> <laughs> right? to understand what their problems were and what, and it was really great. I mean, this fishbone diagram is so complex. I um, mean, we did it all virtually, but we were able to hone in and um, able to come up with themes and then problem solve, like, all right, how do we solve these issues? And that was, I think that was the biggest aha, aha moment for these folks is that they just needed to work together. That's all it really was. Mm. And they, go ahead, go ahead. No, please. And you know what's funny? I just one more thing on this one too. The solutions they already had some of the solutions in flight or in plan, but one of the biggest things was is that they were trying to do too much at once. And said that's where you got it, and that's the other thing. Prioritize it. How do you prioritize it? Is it going to make the customer's life better? I also get the employee's life. Is it going to make the employee's life better? Hmm. Oh no, that's going to suck for the employee. Well, they're never going to use it. Get rid of that. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. <laughs> it's all right. And you're right. And, and, and we've had similar discussions and, and I've had some clients who try to peg the needle the other way and they'll say, well, you know, we got to, I don't know, I'll make it up. You know, we got to lean out the process of using a microwave at lunchtime or something or, you know, right. and I'm like, well, is that a problem? Like, is it, is it causing your employee? like, you know, cause uh, you know, same thing, right. You have lunch at uh, 50 people or have lunch at the same time and there's 10 microwaves. Right. So we're, right. you know, whatever, but, and they're like, well, no, we stagger lunches and it's, you know, like we don't have any complaints. And I'm like, well, you know, when I'm talking to the employees and that doesn't ever come up, so don't worry about it. Right. And sometimes <laughs> they'll look at me and they'll be like, but I thought we had to do lean. And I'm like, well, all right, well, you don't, I, if I'm getting nitpicky, you don't do lead, but just because, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do everything. I think sometimes people get, yes. you know, they, they equate lean or conducive improvement to like ISO or quality management system stuff where it's like, yeah. it has to be written down and that's the way we do it. And it's very prescriptive. And it's like, that's, no. that's not what ISO says either, by the way, but right. lean, it's like, there's nothing like that. So you don't have to do, you don't have to approach everything this way. To your point, does it affect your employees? Does it affect your customers? Right. If the answer to both of those is no, I like would never worry about it. I would not let it keep me up at night. Let's focus on the other stuff that does cause right. problems. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think one of the biggest things too that we see when I see talking to people or even clients is how fast can we implement something? Okay, great. Yes. But my next question is, do you have the money to implement it? 
and what's the uh, competing priorities? <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think about that. I think nowadays, I think a lot of times little, little people know how to get rid of the little hanging fruit pretty fast, but it's the next, that's where I think they, they probably bring you and I in is, okay, we, we've done as much as we can by ourselves. How do we continue down that road? And as I said, a lot of times when it comes to any type of technology, you're not implementing that tomorrow. It's going to be more of a, it's a long road. And so, I mean, yeah, that's one thing I, people are saying, oh, our digital transformation is really going well now because of the pandemic. I'm like, did you truly transform? Are you really, yeah, you solved an immediate problem now, but did you solve into the future? And that's where I always say, tell people it's not about solving the now, it's solve, how do you continuously improve in the future? Because things change. Right. Yeah. And that's a conversation that we have a lot too is, you know, and that's where I think, you know, some people will say, well, lean is, or continued improvement, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, it, you know, has to do a certain way or this other thing, which I don't believe in, but <clears throat> sometimes we'll run into folks at clients that'll say, well, if we just go back the way it was, it'd be better. And I said, and I always say, well, what was your business like back then? Because- right. Some people, but oh yeah, you know, I used to do this or I used to run the shop or do this. All right. Well, that was 20 years ago. Right. This shop 20 years ago looked a heck of a lot. Like it doesn't even look the same. Now you might be in the same building, but that's about it. All of the equipment is different. 90% of the workforce is different. You're three times the sales every month now than you were back then. What makes you think that process from 20 years ago would still work in this environment? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's just, I don't, and it, it's not to knock them because I, I've done it too. It's like, well, I just do this this way. And I have to sometimes stop and remind myself what I do for a living. And it's like, oh, hang on a second. I got to check myself because again, I, I don't know if it's a human nature thing, right? Once we have something figured out, it's like, well, that's the way it is. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to change that in our own minds. I think sometimes. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to um, people get comfortable. And if, and I was, I was it, it was a quote that it's, uh, it's been out there forever. Um, was it the con the only constant thing is change. Mm. And I don't think we, as humans, we, we don't want to change as much, but I just think uh, in this day and age, especially what we've seen in the last year and a half, <laughs> things are constantly going to be changing, I think for a very long time. And uh and as, I was telling, um, I was telling a, friend, a good friend of ours, um, you know, they've been scared. I mean, everyone's scared, right? Where, where are things going? Where, I mean, especially what the new variants are coming out. And the, I took a new approach this year and said, you know what, instead of being scared, how can we, how can we adjust, right? So instead of being scared or being scared of change, learn it, maybe thinking about how do I adjust and experiment, right? I think as CI, we learn how to experiment. And well, yeah, we need to be safe at the same time. What can we do? Because we, we can't keep staying in the mode that we were in earlier last year. We have to like continuously change and learn to live with things. I guess it's the best way to look at it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and like, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's, I don't know if it's a American thing. I, I don't know, but Cause you're right. There is a certain, and as an, as an engineer, maybe it's a male thing. I don't know. Uh, for me personally, there are certain things I like handled and it's like in my head, it's like, okay, 
that's done. Check, cross it off. And I can't, I mean, for 25 years, I've walked around everywhere with a notebook. Like it's right here, right? Here it is. Oh, right? I got that to your to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I and have one I get, on my phone too. <laughs> I, had, so I haven't made that jump yet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's the same. It's like, okay, write everything down. I got to do when it's done. I scratch it off. I never think about it again. And, and I, and again, I don't know if maybe it's a human nature thing and it 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 does. And and maybe that's why CI, you know, has trouble grabbing root or, you know, because again, it's, it does shake it up a little bit. And that's why I think people sometimes maybe get nervous with it because there's like, whoa, 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 hang on. You're talking about changing everything. And I said, well, maybe not, but we got to question those things. And it does, I think as lean practitioners, we have to be cognizant of those things and how people are going to react. We do. And so I have, um, I have a couple of potential clients I'm, I'm talking to right now that actually pretty much all my clients fall into this. Um, you're like, okay, this is what we need to do. Maybe let's start out small and then we'll grow big. And then I have a couple of potential clients that have come to me that they just landed into their role as a senior leader, right? Well, they've been senior leaders in their own transition. Now they're, they found something. And so you start talking to them. I'm like, how about you call me back or let's reconnect in about six to nine months or maybe even 10 or maybe even a year later, because you have to make your own changes first in your organization to where you kind of want it. Then you come in and change the processes and the way you do things. I said, cause otherwise, and then that's the other thing too. I think is sometimes people, when they land a new, when they start in a new role, they want to change things really, really fast. And I always tell people don't change anything too fast, see where things are today. And then maybe you start thinking in in about 90 days, that's when you can kind of assess, and then you can develop your roadmap for, you know, six to 12 months or even two years. And so, cause you don't want to, while we need to change and that's constant, you don't want to ruffle the feathers too fast. So it's, it's a gray area. It really is. And it does. It takes a metered approach to, right? Because I'm sure you've seen it as much or more than I have where same thing, right? Somebody comes in, they're brand new. They want to make their mark. This, you know, oh, I can change everything and make it so much better. And it gets, you know, over their head real quick and it just kind of falls apart sometimes, unfortunately. It does. It does. And it's, it's sad because it's like, yeah, you want to make your mark, but you can't do it too fast. Um, or like, you know, I have, um, I think we're talking about, this is way we did it 20 something years ago. I have a potential client that has a homegrown system. Well, they've been putting band-aids on top of band-aids and realizing half of the, the business rules are, are in the line of code or they're in someone's head. And so I finally just asked them like, can we just start from scratch? <laughs> um, and so they, why they like that, they realized that they need strategically need to look ahead instead of trying to fix a bad, a bad process or a bad system, right? Um, what is that Ed- Edward Deming's quote? A bad system will be will beat someone every time. So like, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, a bad it, process will beat a good person every person time. Person every time. Yeah, and the same when it comes to technology, a bad system will be the process every time. <laughs> will beat yeah. up a person. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. All right, Lauren. So I always do like to take a little bit of a break um, and do uh, a, a pseudo rapid fire round. I like to call okay. the wicked fun part. Okay. You up for that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. Let's see. Um, 
I like this one. What's your favorite song and why? My favorite song. Uh, oh, and you put me on the spot. Um, it's that song by Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Oh, I yeah. Think that's the right song. Yeah. And the reason I like it is because you always got to keep believing that something, you got to believe that something good, there's always good out there, no matter how bad your day is. Solid song. And it's an 80s <laughs> yeah. song. So that's an 80s song. Go Gen X. <laughs> Um, what did you want to be when you were little? I, when I was little, I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I actually went, uh, I went, I was on my way, um, graduating. I graduated at the poli sci, um, undergrad. Um, I always get asked about that. Um, but then I realized in my last semester that taking a law class, I was like, I didn't want, I don't want to do three years of this. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I switched pretty fast and became an engineer and instead and then got my MBA. Nice. Nice. A good, uh, a good friend of mine, our class valedictorian from high school went the other way. He okay. started out as a chemical engineer. Now he's a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I not in my career path, by the way, I'm perfectly yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I have friends who are lawyers and I'm like, it's all you. Yeah, exactly. Um, what inspires you? Uh, what inspires me? Uh, what inspires me really is just seeing people succeed, to be honest, and having fun and seeing their light, their eyes light up. I think that's one of the reasons why I like helping clients is seeing their lives light up and giving them and teaching them and helping them to get to that next level. It is fun. That's for me too. Yeah. It's the intrinsic value of, yeah. of, of knowing when they walk out at, you know, three thirty, five o'clock, whatever the shift ends they feel like hey, I've accomplished something today. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there's nothing worse than walking out and having more work to do at five than you had at seven that morning. You exactly. know, and just, it's like for crying out loud, you know, and all you can do is go to bed and try to do better tomorrow. And, you know, and then the weeks, months and years slip by. It's like, yeah, it sucks. Uh, it does. It does. Um, how about this one? What is one thing nobody knows about you? nobody knows about me um actually this is a good one my the only person knows is pretty much my husband I have a fear for heights um so I've been trying to conquer those fear of heights there's some things I won't do but other things I will do like for example there's uh in North Georgia uh Tulu Gorge um since we moved here three years ago I've been wanting to hike up this and it, it you have to go I think you have to go downstairs then come back upstairs you're just talking like five or six hundred things of stairs but there's a swinging bridge <laughs> but it the pictures look absolutely gorgeous so I want to do that that's my thing my goal for this year to get that done and then of course I'm not one for uh, and then also the white water offering I think I posted that on LinkedIn a few weeks ago um that was a big thing but that's also part of the heights thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right there with you yeah we went to Disney on vacation years ago and I, I think it's Splash Mountain I want to say yeah Oh um, yeah. And I didn't, I failed because I didn't do my research. So we're on the ride and part of the ride, spoiler alert, uh, part of the ride is you're in this little, you know, log thing, right? You're yeah. in water and you go into a tunnel and it's literally pitch black dark. You cannot see anything. And there's a drop and it's not a little one, right? You're probably free falling. It felt like forever. It was probably three seconds. 
It is. Right. And then it levels out and it does it again, like right after. It does. My worst nightmare come true because I wasn't prepared for it. Didn't know it was going to happen. And I hate heights. I hate that feeling of falling. And then it's in the pitch black dark. Like I'm kind of okay with it if you can see, but I tell you, I was not, I was not in good shape at all. Are you going to laugh at this too? My husband, my husband loves that kind of stuff. So when the last time we went on, it was our anniversary. I forget how many years ago he knew it was coming up because we've been on the ride before um he's coming up and he knows the 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 park maps mm-hmm. he, he puts on his sunglasses he and he knows because you get your picture taken you're to come down and he had and he had the thing up like this like he was reading it and here i am like this yeah i just muted myself so yeah i covered my head it's, it's like the best picture because here he's got the sunglasses on with this map out like this, like he's reading it and there's me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's one of the best pictures ever. <laughs> um, last one. <clears throat> What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, I guess, improvement when it comes to fears, right? I think the biggest fear is, um, is probably just myself not recognizing my own abilities. So that's my biggest fear, right? Um, a lot of people say, um, I don't see what other people see. So that, I think that's my biggest fear is that, that I think the imposter, the imposter, I feel like I'm an imposter, even though I know, even though in my head, I know I can do it. It's not always in my heart. That's probably my biggest fear. And I think that's incredibly self-aware. Yeah. And I think any consultant or, you know, third party teacher or whatever, it has those same feelings as, you know, if it, with some level of self-awareness, that imposter yeah. syndrome thing, because I, 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 I'd same and our, you know, the folks that work here are the same, you know, we have that conversation and I always like to remind myself and them to say, well, you know, there may be folks out there that know lean continuous improvement, six Sigma better. Um, but they don't work at our clients, you know, and we, we, you know, and I, I have to point back to the, you know, the things that we've done, you know, last year we helped the client triple their output in one area in like three, four months. See, that's awesome. You know, and it's like, and it's like you mentioned now, when I go there and I talk to the folks that work in that area, they're so much happier and it's, you know, and it's, it's, you know, I just asked a lot of questions and I kind of gave them some ideas, but they came up with most of this stuff. Yep. You know, that's that's what I was saying. We just helped them come up with this stuff. (laughs) Right. And, but it's always, you know, it, it is, um, sometimes I'm driving, you know, I log 30,000 miles a year. So I do my fair bit of travel. And I always think, geez, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this, you know, figure this one out. And it always seems to work out. So, but it's still to your, you know, to your point, it's always that nagging, like, do I know enough? You know, you know, I see, you know, you're in the same boat, right? We see all these other folks writing books and coming out with all, it's like, why am I not doing that? And I don't know, that, that kind of stuff. But I, I always go back to the same. And I, I tell our clients the same, whether they have a lean practitioner on board or not. It's like, listen, start small. Like we started out our conversation, pick, pick one thing, start small, engage, try it. If it doesn't work, it's okay. It's not exactly. a failure. I hate that F word. I hate it. I hate it. I don't use it. 
it's like, stop talking failure. And I've, I've ad nauseum gotten on my soapbox about lean transformation failure rates or what a bunch of baloney it is. So I won't do that again, but it's not, it's not failing. You just didn't gotten it figured out yet. Exactly. You know, we can argue, I'll argue semantics with people all day long if they want, I'll die on this hill. But when it comes to a client who's just new at this stuff, it's, it's not a failure. You learned nice. something. So, right. Just try it again and try it again. And once they get into that cycle, the PDCA cycle, yeah. and they, they see, it's like, oh, it's okay that I'm not knocking it out of the park every single time. Then it's like, that's the momentum generator. It is. It is. And I think, um, I had one of my lunches was actually with someone that I knew from Nielsen and, you know, never engaged with her on a one-on-one like this. And, um, she says, you're never failing. It's always an opportunity. You're either going to learn You're she goes, you're going to learn regardless if you are successful or not. She goes, just take that out of your vocabulary, move on, <laughs> move on to the next thing. And I'm like, oh, that's the reason why, you know, when you think about it, we experience the eye, you're doing so much experimenting. I started saying that I'm just experimenting. Let's hmm. just give it a try. See if it gets, go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I say too, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? As long as you don't catch the place on fire. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Laura, we're just about out of time. So I wanted to just ask um, any last words of wisdom, anything you want to share with anybody? I know you've got a few slots left for uh, lunch with Lauren. So I don't know if people want to hit you up for that. Yeah, please help me hit me up for that. Um, Just go out there, have fun and try things out. (laughs) It's my really my biggest thing. Nice. That keep it simple. Keep it simple, right? Exactly. Well, Lauren, thank you again so much. This is a lot of fun. Like yeah, we, I could was. be here another two hours. Me too. Uh, you Me know, too. just chit chat. But uh, thank you so much. I, um, I learned a lot, like you said, and and Me now too. we know each other. So now it's exactly. like, oh, right. So now we're exactly. building that relationship. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome, Lauren. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Hey, everybody. It's Paul. Before I let you go, I just wanted to say thanks again for listening. You've really made doing this podcast a very rewarding experience for me. Uh, I get a lot of messages from, from listeners. You know, everyone has something nice to say, which I very much appreciate. Uh, of course, I'm always open to uh, feedback on ways we can make it better. I mean, that's Kaizen, after all. And by no stretch do I claim to have got this all figured out. So if there's things that I could do better please, by all means, feel free to reach out and let me know. And likewise, if there's a somebody that you think would be a great guest, um, also let me know. Um, you know, there's a chance I don't know who those, who those folks are. Um, so if somebody that you can help put us in touch with, you know, somebody you want to learn more about, certainly let me know and I'll reach out to those folks. But um, I hope you find the podcast fun and entertaining, uh, you know, educational, and, and maybe even a little inspirational, I hope. And that's really what I'm, I'm going after with this whole thing. So thanks again. And uh, one small ask, uh, if you don't mind, if you'll listen, you know, whatever your preferred platform is, if you could just you know, subscribe, uh, give us five stars on Apple or, or whatever. Again, whatever platform you listen to, it just, it, it helps. Um, you know, the algorithms like it. So if you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, everybody.